Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Soulfulpreneur Talk Radio with your hosts, Rachel Archelaus and Megan Grandelmeyer. Merging spirituality and business on the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Hi everyone, it's Megan Crandlemeyer here with Soulfulpreneur Talk Radio. And as usual, I am joined with my co-host, Rachel Archelaus. Hello. And it is Tuesday, October 14th, 2014. And we are so excited about this show. It has been in the works for about a month now. And it is our first uh, book club type radio show where we're going to discuss a bit more in depth the book Busting Loose from the Money Game by Robert Scheinfeld. So we're super excited um, to do this. And if you would like to join in the conversation, if you've read part of the book or you have a question as the show goes on, you can call 347-308-8788. And if you'd like to make a comment or ask a question, just press 1, and that will raise your hand in our dashboard. So um, we are a part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network, and this is a network for all things metaphysical, and we have a fabulous team of radio show hosts, and you can look for updates on our network on their Facebook page. Just search the Enlightenment Evolution Network on Facebook. And we have radio shows basically every day of the week, and so we can let you know um, what's coming up here uh, tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have Victoria Vives Wong, and she hosts Earth Sky People, your bridge between heaven and earth. She'll talk about living in oneness with one another, with Mother Earth, and with life beyond earth. And Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we have the Enlightenment Evolution Hour with Rob Gothier. He's the creator of this network, and he hosts that show every Wednesday and channels a being called Treb, who takes your questions. And Rob also has amazing guests on, like metaphysical teachers and other channelers. And you can find out more about him on Facebook at the Enlightenment Evolution Network page or trebchanneling.com. Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we have Philip Malika's Consciousness Evolution Hour. Join Philip where he discusses a wide range of metaphysical topics from the perspective of the fifth dimension. And you can find Philip and the Consciousness Evolution 2.0 group on Facebook. So if you search Consciousness Evolution 2.0, that'll pop up. And you can also look for Philip Malika on YouTube. On Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have the Earth Experience with Kalina Angel. And her show talks about our soul's expansion through our human experiences on Earth. And Saturday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, we have a brand new show starting this Saturday. And it's called Disclosure Now. And is with the Pied Piper and co-host Texas Rebel. And Rachel, I think they they kind of talk about um, cover-ups 
send, um, you know, information perhaps that's withheld by our government and so forth. So it should be kind of an intriguing show. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think it's awesome to see more of this out on the forefront. I'm so glad to have them in the network, too. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) And Sundays at 10 a.m. Eastern, we have the Resonance Intention, hosted by Soul and Neil Gower. And that's going to be starting on November 2nd. Yeah, another new show, another awesome show. Can't wait to, I know we have to wait a little bit for them, but I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, just a few weeks. Yeah, on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, we have About Oneness with Karen Newman. And actually, her show just got picked up to be in Australia, too. So congratulations, Karen. Her show focuses on celebrating the ongoing conscious awakening of our planet and our realization of oneness and unconditional love. And Karen is an author, lecturer, integrated channel, and intuitive. And Monday nights at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, we have Heart to Heart Talk Radio with Daniel Scranton. And join Daniel as he discusses topics such as the shift, ETs, global events, channeling, energy work, toning, and sound healing. And he always opens the phones to callers and lots of high-frequency discussions. And Daniel is a Reiki master and sound healer and channel. So any opinions expressed on Soulfulpreneur Radio by us or our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. So feel free to share whatever you want to share here. Everything is welcome. Um and just so you guys know, me and Megan, um, we have our own soulful printer businesses. And if you want help with yours, creating yours, expanding yours, why don't you give us a shout? You can go to Megan's website at starboarddigital.com. She helps people create websites. And Megan, I don't know if you want to add a comment about that. Um, just that, I, yeah, I do create websites for small businesses and I build with WordPress or another program called Joomla. So when I build a site for somebody, they can take care of it themselves afterwards. So it's it's really nice, and it's a super fun process. I make it lots of fun um, and help you kind of discover, like, what that messaging is for your site and, and have it laid out so people can navigate it easily. So, And, Rachel, why don't you tell us a little about your Soul-Centered Business Boot Camp, which I have participated in, and and, um, that's a fabulous way to really get more centered and focused on your business. Yeah, so we have a large community of people in there. Um, I bring you really from ground zero to, you know, maybe you don't even know what you want to do with yourself, but you know you want to follow your purpose and have that pay your bills. Um, From, you know, scratch to having a website and having clients, I will get you there. So that's what the Soul Centered Business Boot Camp is all about. And you get lifetime access when you join, so it's a great value. And if you want to save $100 on your enrollment, you just put in the code RADIO on the coupon code, and you can check it out, read more about it, watch my video at soul-centeredbusiness.com forward slash invitation. Super. Yeah. So we got all of that out of the way. And so we will jump right into talking about Busting Loose from the Money Game. And I know this is a book that you (laughs) read maybe a little over a year ago. And I read, um, I guess, this summer and then reviewed it again in the fall. 
I think you could read it every month and take something new from it. Yes. So um, I guess to kind of introduce some of the concepts of the book, we can just talk about um, how Scheinfeld talks about us being infinite beings, uh, despite our, you know, sometimes often fears of death and all of that, that we're actually immortal or infinite, we go on forever, and and that this is an adventure, just one of many. Yeah, so basically, like, if you think about the title, Busting Loose from the Money Game, um, Scheinfeld is bringing a topic like money where pretty much if you're alive, you have been concerned about money at least once in your life, even if you're super rich. And sometimes especially if you're super rich. So money is this big topic, this big worry, this big motivator. You know, most people live to make money, right? You do something for eight, nine, ten hours a day that you really don't like because you have to make money. So he took the biggest issue that everybody has and made it the center of the book in order to get us in his world because he wants to explain to us that we're the ones with all the power and we are the ones that create the money and that create the whole entire world that we live in. And so I thought his marketing was brilliant. And so Megan and I are going to kind of break it down what the first nine chapters are all about. And it has to do with those um, these three topics that were infinite. Um, <laughs> I forgot what the others were, Megan. We're infinite. <laughs> we're we playing out everything. Like we create our whole world, right? And what was the last one? That nothing is actually real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, so... So, um, well, the word real is an a- abstract word, right? Because what is real, right? Right. We, here we are. We're, we're sitting on a chair at a desk with a computer. All these things feel real because we're experiencing them. But in the end, experience is experience, right? It's not necessarily tied to a tangible item. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting stuff here that he he gets into. So the idea of being infinite. Do you want to talk about that a little bit since you have so much experience being openly psychic since you were very young, right? Knowing like when your grandfather died, you continue to speak with him. So that idea of immortality certainly is there or infinite. Yeah. yeah, and one final one more thing I want to say just before we get into the big conversation is that For years and years and years, like, I've been studying this stuff. I've known myself, like Megan is saying, as something way beyond just a human. You know, I've seen my whole life that there's more than just this physical stuff, that there are beings who can walk through walls and fly, and, you know, we can fly in our dreams and when we're out of body. And, like, you know, everybody listening can probably kind of get that. They've had one or more experiences where they've seen something that shouldn't occur. But when have you really found a system or a book or somebody telling you a way to really make it real for you and a way to ground that knowledge into 
it changing your life. You know, we all hear that it's our subconscious beliefs that create our world and that limit us and we have blocks. But I've never really found a tool to get rid of those blocks that it was really effective. I tried tapping, I tried meditation and mantras and all these other things that didn't really seem to do much. Like maybe they'd work on one subject, but they didn't work on another subject. And when I read this book, it was the first time that I'd really felt heard and where someone really answered the question, how do you make this real? How do you actually change your life and live like this? You know, live like an infinite being. And so that's why I was so excited about the book and why I was like (laughs) going crazy telling everybody to read it because it really made a difference for me. And like I said, I had been looking and searching and studying for so long. On another hand, and I'm sorry I'm going on about this, but I feel like it was a it was a really important reason why I love the book so much. Um, I listen to Bashar a lot, and he says that we're infinite beings, but that every kind of tool to get us there is a permission slip. And so this book is just another permission slip, but I feel like, for me at least, it's the most comprehensive permission slip I've ever found. So any tool can work for you if you really wanted to because it's not about the tool. It's about you, and it's just giving yourself a permission slip to know yourself as infinite. But this was my favorite permission slip to date. So if you're into Bashar, that's what we're kind of talking about here. Yeah, well, it also it really does um, resonate also with the Seth material, which is something that I enjoy reading. Um, And I found a lot of what he goes into is in a lot of different spiritually oriented material. He's just condensed it down, like you said, into, well, let's just relate all of this stuff, but just about money, because so many people will will grab their attention if we talk about money. But it it applies to everything, Mm -hmm. of pets, anything you want, clothes, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Um, business. He does have a business version that I, that's the one I reread. Just the same. It's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, so this idea of being infinite and that abundance is our natural state, that we, you know, technically you could have anything you wanted right this moment if you believed and if, you know, you were putting all your power into that, but we put our our power into lots of different things and spread ourselves thin. But let's talk about our dreams. We were talking about this a little bit earlier and how um, that might help people listening today relate to what we're, this book is about. Because when we're in a dream, everything that we see, everything that we experience, everything that we touch, everyone that we talk to, every car we drive or street we walk down is very, very real in the dream. But who is creating everything? Who's creating the road and the car and the friends? And it's you. You're creating it in your dream. So what if when you wake up, you're basically doing the same thing? It just feels more real, I guess, more tangible. Rachel, what do you think? 
Yeah, so one of the biggest and I think most effective metaphors he uses in the book for kind of illuminating the fact that we are we're infinite enough to create our entire world, like we're powerful and badass enough to actually manifest this whole entire experience is the the fact that when you're asleep and you're in a dream, that's exactly what you're doing. If there's other people in the dream, they're just parts of you. You created them. And if there's a building and you're walking into it, well, you created that outside, the inside, the plants, the details, everything. And the smells and the storyline. And you you have no idea that it's not real unless you're lucid dreaming. And so you can do the same thing. Like when you wake up, when you get to this level of awareness, of consciousness, you can really be lucid dreaming while you're awake. So if you know yourself is infinite and that you are creating this whole thing, you can change the storyline and you can interact with the creator of your world, your higher self, and have things happen that are supposedly impossible. And that's kind of where the fun begins. That's like the second half of the book when you start seeing those changes. And the first half of the book is really about letting you know that that is possible. And and I really love that he devotes nine chapters to that because we I think we really need it. You know, we need that repetition and coming at it from all those angles because it's we've all heard that we create our experience, but spending that much time really going over the, um, I wouldn't say proof, but the hard theory of, of it is a really good idea. Yeah, well, that's interesting to relate it to lucid dreaming. Um, and maybe somebody who's listening doesn't exactly know what that term means. But um, I, I've done it only a couple times. Um, but it's when you're in a dream, when you're sleeping and you're in a dream, and you become aware that you're in a dream and instead of just sort of waking up from it, like you're startled and you you wake up, you stay in the dream and you take control of the dream. And I think the most fun thing to do when that happens is to fly. And, um, and it's just a spectacular experience. So that's kind of what lucid dreaming is, is, is that ability to, once you realize, Hey, I'm creating everything, do what you want, including fly. Yeah, it's really fun. I've only done it a few times myself, and mostly when I was a kid. Um, And I remember one of them was really neat. I I don't know if I'd be able to recreate it in this lifetime awake yet, but who knows what the future has in store. Um, But I would be walking up a road near my house, and I'd see that there were kids around the corner that I really didn't want to talk to. And and so I would change myself into an eagle and just fly over them. (laughs) And and I still like that today. I'm still very I love my solitude. So um, that would be really funny if I could just one day wake up and be able to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So so we're playing this this game and part of it has to do with money and stuff. And And I liked when he talked about how. Um, like our our power is the sun, but we purposely put clouds in front of ourselves, basically. But just because it's a cloudy day doesn't mean that the sun doesn't exist. 
it's just, you know, we can't see it, but can we burn through some of those clouds and let more of that, that light or that power shine through? Yeah. So in my classes, I often tell people how, you know, their multidimensional aspects work in relation to the sun um, in a slightly different way than he does, but I think it would, it would be comparable. So, Basically, I say that source, you know, God, the universe, whatever your version of the all that is, is, God, is the sun. Like one big burning ball of awesomeness. Like everything that ever was, all the power, all the love in the universe in that one place. And then as the sun does, it sends out rays. And sometimes we can even see those individual rays if it's, you know, kind of an overcast day and they're coming through a cloud. And if you follow one ray from the sun all the way down to the earth and you consider that one person, one soul, um, then you can kind of see that if you had all the billions of sun rays coming out of the sun all landing on the earth, okay, that's all the people on the earth, and they're all individuated, They all go to a different spot on the earth. They all go through different clouds. They have different experiences, different talents. But they all come from that one sun. And so we're all connected. We're all one God, one universe. But we all have our own journey and our own experience and our own set of eyes. We're all seeing something slightly different. And... But yet we're all that one thing. We all have access to all the wisdom that there is, all the love that there is, and that's the true us. Um, And that's how we're all infinite, right? That's how we're all connected. So Scheinfeld says that it's our higher self that's creating our world. So everything that we see and experience is, is really created by our higher self and that we are we are that one little spot on the earth, where the earth is connecting to our sun ray. So he calls us the player because we're playing this earth game. So the player part is like the part that's meeting the earth. It's that tiny little tip of the sun ray, okay? But the real us goes all the way up and back to the sun. And it's our extended dimensional self. It's our higher self, the part that is, up farther from the earth that's creating all of us. Uh, All of our lives, our friendships, our everything. And what he says is that we create this cloud cover, like Megan was saying, so that we cannot see who we really are. So we cannot follow our sun ray up to the source. It gets stopped by some clouds. And so we only know ourselves as the part that's connected to the earth. We can't see our higher self. We can't see source. We can't see that we're all connected. And um, it's just, it's interesting because if we really think about it, it's just so true. You know, we're we're taught from the time that we're tiny that this is all we are. Like, if you see a ghost, well, some people believe in ghosts, but not everybody. And, you know, what if there's just something wrong with you? Or, like, what if you're crazy? We're taught that there's really nothing beyond what we actually have here. You know, the the hardness of the table and 
the properties of rubber and like all these little physical things. And so his whole system really is getting you to part the clouds and know yourself as source so that you can start being in harmony with your higher self to create something a lot more um, wonderful, you know, a lot more abundant, a lot more infinite because that's really who you are. Well, you know what's nice is to think that even though sometimes the just the world in front of us, like you said, the tables and chairs, everything seems really real, I think all of us can relate to having very intuitive moments, those knowing moments. And we've talked about that lots of times on previous shows, um, you know, connecting more to your higher self or your intuition. And what is your intuition? It's It's just reaching up, like pulling up, to a higher perspective of looking at your life and, and connecting to something bigger than you are and that there's information flowing. We know that. We know that about ourselves. There's information flowing all the time in ways that aren't using our typical five senses. So we, we know that. We we know why do we know when our friend's going to call us or how do we know um, that you know somebody's going to lose their job or all those intuitive things. And I think, you know, Scheinfeld is just, he's touching on that. He's hes focusing on the sun and the clouds and all that. But let's keep in mind that we all have our little miracles every day, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So in those moments, he's saying that our consciousness is coming through, you know, yeah. to where we are right now. And it's true. Everybody has those moments. We've all had moments where we knew someone was going to call or... Um, you know, we knew the answer before someone asked the question or we knew when somebody was in trouble. You know, it's like yeah, the, the list is infinite, really, of right. like, what could possibly happen with your intuition. Yeah, we call it our gut feel or, or whatever. So really, this book is a lot about that and and it's a really unique way of strengthening that ability mm-hmm. to tap into that more and more. Yeah, that's how I see it anyway. Um, so. And yeah, and like he breaks his journey down of in of life, the game of life, into two phases. And basically, it's that in phase one, we're here, we grow up, and we have the experience of being limited. We have the experience of not knowing ourselves as abundant, and we do this on purpose. So we come to play the game of Earth so that we can feel limited, so that we can feel like we're not abundant, so that we can feel a separation from ourselves as source. Because our normal everyday life as infinite beings is awesome. We can create anything we want. It you know it doesn't take any time. It's instant manifestation if we want a mansion or money or if we want to be in a different part of the galaxy, it's all a snap of the finger. It's all simply intention. And that can get a little boring sometimes. Sometimes we just want to mix it up a bit. So we create this game of um, the human game, I think he calls it. Yeah, yeah. So we come here. We're born as babies. We have to be taken care of. We, you know, We have this whole elaborate system for convincing us that we're limited. And that's phase one. Phase two, where we're all at right now, because we're having this discussion, is that we realize there's a little bit more. Even if you don't know what it is yet, 
you feel like there's something missing from your life or that there's more to life than you know or something is just wrong. And that's what catapults you into phase two. Phase two is all about uncovering your infinite beingness, learning to work with it, removing the cloud cover, and then living as an infinite being here on Earth. So that's kind of how he works it. That's how he feels the human game is created. Um, I'd go along with a lot of that. I mean, I think they're that's basically it. The, we do create lots of storylines here about how we're raising the consciousness of Earth and how we're here for a reason, and that's all true, too. It's just that that's the Earth storyline that we've given ourselves to be here because it's fun to have a mission. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how complex it all is, like the patterns that we have to create and the co-creating that's, that's happening. And um, he talked about life being basically like a movie. And that, but an important thing about that movie that he said is that um, it, we really don't care when we watch a movie. We don't so much care about the characters and what exactly they're doing um, and how much money they have or don't have or what jobs they have in the movie. It's It's more about how they make us feel Mm -hmm. when we're watching. And that, in the end, when we really think about just our everyday life, what is it we're all striving for at the end of the day is is to feel good. And feeling good comes in all different forms, whether it's feeling appreciated, feeling loved, feeling safe, um, feeling freedom. It's, it's It's all that. And so... We're creating all of these experiences in our life, the good and the bad, for those feelings. Exactly. Yeah, there's no right or wrong when you're pulling up. So basically, on this level, on the human level, none of this is real. It's really just a hologram. We're projecting it. And so there's no real blood. There's no real death. There's no real crime. When we pull our, you know, when we pull our masks off and we are really knowing ourselves as our infinite beingness, nothing has changed, nothing is wrong. We're still who we are. We don't have any scars. We don't have any, you know, there's nothing that can happen to us. We're always safe. And it's a different it's a different game on Earth because we feel vulnerable. We feel it when we get punched. We feel, you know, scarcity if that's what we want to play with. And so it's we're here because we can't have that experience as our true selves. So we're here to experience that. And it it's a beautiful thing if we can get judgment out of the way. You know, like we can have more compassion and honor for the people who choose the hard lives, you know, because they're doing that by choice. They're doing that to help all of us see more compassion and feel more generous, you know. Um, There's so much to it. We obviously can't cover the whole nine chapters in an hour, Um, but I do have a question um, from the chat, Megan. Great. Okay. So um, Basil says, I love how you talked about permission slips, Rachel. I have been using the process, yet I'm drawn to use other things at the same time. Have you found other tools that help you drill more effectively or more quickly? 
Um, so for me, over I, I used the process religiously for like six months because I thought it was amazing. And, and do you want to just tell people really briefly, because we won't talk it, about it fully today, but what is the process? So the process is what Scheinfeld uses to drill through that cloud cover we were talking about to get rid of all of the power we have in our limiting beliefs. So basically, if you have anything in your life right now that you don't like, it's there because you have that pattern in your field. So let's talk about we have I think we have to talk about his his way of producing your world, right? So Scheinfeld says that it's your higher self that creates your world, like literally projects all of your world. And to do that, it uses something called the field. So if you put details and power into the field, you create the hologram. So your higher self needs those two things. It has the power because it's connected to source, right? So your higher self is the power source, but the details really come from you. The details are how you feel about yourself, what you think about the world, what you think the rules are, and any other thing that you've learned and think is true, even subconsciously. So when all those people about manifesting say your limiting beliefs are in your subconscious, you know, you're not even you don't even have to be aware of them for them to affect you, it's true because your higher self knows about them puts power into them, and then makes them real into your life. And so Scheinfeld uses this thing called the process to drill through the cloud cover, which is those beliefs that you don't like, like um, I don't deserve to be wealthy or everything goes wrong when I speak up for myself. If you have anything like that, then you're going to use the process to get rid of it so that that piece of cloud is no longer going to be in your hologram. So if you want to clear up your life of crap, you got to you got to get rid of the crap and then it'll leave. I hope that makes sense. He's so eloquent about the book. I think a lot of people take that for granted. I certainly do. It's one of the brilliant things he can do. I mean, he's not like the best writer in the world, but he's so clear about everything and I think that's why the book's so successful. Mhm. So does that make sense, Megan? Do you want to add anything? Yeah, well, I think Basil, it sounds like Basil is asking, you know, maybe even how to do it faster or, um, and there's kind of no, you know, quick and easy fix if, if you're in, say, a difficult situation in your life. I think the most important thing is in every moment to be aware, and you are aware, Basil, just by, having read this book, you're, you're, you're super aware now of, okay, when something crummy happens that you don't like, that it, everything is an opportunity to, to take note, be aware, and then realize that, gee, okay, I'm creating this. I am going to take my power back from creating such an awful situation, and I'm going to use that power for something better. So um, I think just being aware is key and also being very aware of yeah what's happening around you taking responsibility for it and also just noting how you're feeling 
throughout the day. It's that classic thing, and we've talked about it before. If you wake up in the morning and you stub your toe on the way to the bathroom, you're like, this is how this whole day is going to go. Well, that's how your whole day is going to go. If you if you keep in that kind of low, poor me um, attitude. So instead, you know, how quickly, using the process or whatever else, can you turn that, that feeling around? Yeah. I, I do have something that I don't, that I use in place of the process, and it's really just working with unconditional love, um, breathing that into my body, releasing it, sending love to any part of me that may be feeling uncomfortable or hurting. I I did that after I stopped using the process for a while, and it worked well for me. And, you know, but again, it's all just one permission slip. I found that it's really effective to use the process because he makes you feel it. Yeah. And yes. for our bodies to release that um, stored up trauma and tension and patterns, that's a really honoring thing to do. And so there's a lot to be said for letting yourself feel what you need to feel. You don't have to. Like, you know, there's no real rules, but I think that for a lot of us, that's where it's a good place to start. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so when, yeah, when something tough is happening in your life or you feel like you don't have something that you need or go ahead and just feel that, that pang, that like, oh, this is so disappointing or this is, you know, not what I want and just feel it, feel it, feel it. And what you'll find is when you're looking it straight in the face and feeling it, after a while, you run out of the yucky feeling. You just, you can't sustain it forever. But instead of like stuffing it away, like, okay, I feel disappointed, but I'm not going to think about it right now. I'm going to stay positive. No, no. How about just feel it? Feel the icky, icky, icky until you run out of it. And you've kind of dissolved a bubble there that, you know, hopefully won't come back again or won't come back as strongly. Yeah. That's, yeah. And when you get good at it, it goes by pretty quickly, you know, like it doesn't take, I, I used to, when I first got the book, I'd have to, um, you know, reread the steps every time I did it. And then after a while, you just, you get used to it. So, um, but I would love to move on a little bit because the process is really in the second half of the book and the whole point of the book is really to get you over the hump of thinking that you need to do something to create change in your world. Like like you have to go out and get clients or you have to go out and find new ways to make money or or that your actions by themselves are what is creating your circumstances. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is from Bashar and it's on this subject and it's, it's not your circumstances that matter, it's your state of being that matters. And you you know, the word matters is is a real thing there. Like it's not your circumstances that create the matter in your life, your bank account, you know, your client list, your your success. It's your state of being and your vibration and you know, it's the same as what Scheinfeld is saying and, and Scheinfeld doesn't use the word vibration at all, but when you're knocking out those lower vibrational frequencies from your pattern, you know, from your field, when you're knocking out all those old limiting beliefs, 
you're upping your vibration. So I just love that. The whole book is like you're the one that creates everything. Your higher self. Nothing is real. If money is not real, clients are not real, your desk is not real, your business isn't real. None of it's real. It's all a dream. And if you were in a dream and you were awake, like if you were aware of your dream and you were lucid dreaming, like we were talking about earlier, could you just, you know, look over your shoulder and pull up a sack of money? Of course, because it's not real. The dream isn't real. Well, you can do that in your own life too if you get to the point where you don't have any beliefs that are contrary to that, if you've knocked out enough cloud cover. And Scheinfeld says that he gets to that point. You know, he's been living in that point for a long time now where um, there will be money in his bank account that he didn't deposit, that wasn't there three days ago, you know. And, there, you know, this is absolutely real. Everyone I know who's read the book has had these moments. Um, and I was teasing you guys on the Facebook page the other day that I had a busting loose moment. So I'll share that with you. I just bought a car. I financed half of it and, um, you know, got an interest rate, of course, at the dealership. And then I get home uh, a month later. They sent, you know, the bank sends me something in the mail that says we, they lowered my interest rate. No explanation, no reason. They're just, you don't have to do anything else. It just happened. And, of course, that lowers the amount of interest, the extra amount of money that I pay to them. So, you know, that doesn't really happen. I've never heard of that happening before. My dad has worked in the car industry his entire life, you know, selling cars for, I don't know, 40 years or so. And I told him about it. He'd never heard of that happening before. So that is just one tiny example of how this works and how this can just create results for you out of the blue. Um, you know, it wasn't that much money that I saved, but hey, it's money. So I know I'm I'm rambling a lot on this show, so no. please forgive me, but I just love this <laughs> book so much. So You're Megan, just, do you have yeah. any busting loose moments you want to share? Um, well, I just remember in the summer when um, I was working through the book and you and I would talk pretty often about it and the process that, you know, just funny things would happen. Like um, one day in the mail, I got um, this coupon from a store I hadn't heard of before uh, called Bonton, and and there was $100 to spend at that store on whatever I wanted. And I I remember calling you and being like, I just got sent $100 just randomly. Mm -hmm. And so there's just like fun stuff like that. where you just become more aware of it. And, and I kind of just got that. And I said, well, I'd like more of that. And that kind of keeps my vibration high. I know that stuff can happen even more often if I want it to and if I allow it. Um, so, yeah, and I had a I had one weird experience um, where I definitely felt like, wow, I really am creating all of this. And I was on the highway. I was pretty relaxed. I was just cruising along. And to me, what it looked like is the sky. I was kind of looking in the distance in the sky. There was almost like a whole wrinkle in the sky, and then it smoothed out. It was it was a really odd kind of like chink in the armor. Like like my higher self teased me or just said, oh oh, you know, we need to smooth the movie out here that I'm looking at the illusion. So 
Yeah, yeah. it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Absolutely. Because yeah, I don't think the sky really was wrinkled um, to most everybody else driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to me. Yeah. Um. So, we have a caller. Do you want to take a question? Sure. Okay. So I'm picking up seven seven zero three two two. You are on the air. Hello, I just tuned in. Interesting. My name is yeah. Maddie. Hi, Matt. Hi, Maddie. <laughs> that, that, my, my mind reflects back. I don't know the lady, but I was told she bought a new car, and she had called the dealership for them to send her a payment book. And they check and say, ma'am, you don't owe anything. They said, what? I don't owe anything. So no. And so uh, she called back later and say. They told her the same thing. So she said, she said to them, well, send me a statement saying that I don't owe my balance is zero. So they did that. But later down, I don't know how much longer, later, months or later, they made a, they found out they made a mistake, but the car belonged to her now. <laughs> so That's how awful. did she manifest that? So how did she manifest that? That's awesome. Yeah. Without the power of your power of your mind. Sure. Yeah, it's okay. the power of how you think this world works, in combination with your higher self creating that that life for you. Mhm. That yeah yeah that was an, something she wanted to experience and she allowed it. Yeah. So there was some, I thought that's something. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, why don't we all do that, that right? <laughs> what? So, so why don't we all do that? What's stopping us, right? That's probably the key. What's um, stopping us? I, I guess not so caught up in the world, not conscious of it, and and a lot of times I just don't know. We just I I would love to stay stay with in that mission all the time. Not when I at will when I want to. Yeah, I I think that's basically it. It's like when we know this and we're excited about it, it's easy, but then we forget. (laughs) You know, it happens Mm -hmm. to me too. I think that's why Mm -hmm. rereading the book was so nice. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Maddie. Yeah, that was um, when I tuned in, that's what you guys were talking about. So I thought, I have a story to tell. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. there's a comment. Is anyone doing the readings today or just uh, dialogue? You know. Oh, wait, can you Hello? repeat that? Uh, is anyone doing any readings today or just a dialogue? I mean, you know, talking about power. Oh, yeah, you power. can ask us a question if you want, for sure. Okay. Do you do you help with dreams? Sure. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't call them weird because I know that dreams are not weird. They are coming from your higher. Uh, I had a dream. I have... I have three dreams in mind that kind of like, what is this all about? What is it telling me? One dream I had, it was my scalp, one on my left side. Uh, that was a like a bump light uh, growth on my right and on my left side. But on the left side, it was a diamond, a diamond coming out of it. It was shining hmm. like a stupid star, you know, just bright and shiny. And... What is that dream, child? It must be my left brain, my right brain. I need some work on it. I don't know. But in the next dream, I was um, sleeping, and it startled me. 
I opened my mouth and like light gray smoke came out of my mouth and I sat straight up in the bed and said, Oh And last night in my dream I was holding a piece of gold, real gold jewelry and I say and I'm trying to put these three dreams together, what is spirit trying to show me? Well, the thing that I'm hearing from your own higher self is that you have more to offer and you have more to say than you're giving yourself permission to. So out of your so basically when we have physical symptoms, a lot of times it's because we're holding ourselves back from expressing who we really are. And so that suppression of our expression it creates discord in our body and it creates colds and flus and growths and all sorts of things. So even if it was only in your dream, there are diamonds inside of you. There's gold within you. You have it and you know, you're at a point in your life now where it's time to start expressing it. And you may not be expressing it because of things that happened to you in childhood or people saying that you weren't good enough or people saying, you know, stop it, don't be so loud, don't be so big. And what I'm feeling from your higher self is just an urging for you to let loose and take yourself seriously enough to put some time and effort into finding out what you want to say. Okay. Megan, do you have anything to add? Mm, no, I think I think uh I think you said everything. Yeah. I think that's great. I think the yeah, the significant with the the cloud coming out of your mouth like your words are in a fog and you're just unclear what you want to say, but but there is something there, something to be expressed. Okay. But why would it startle me? I sat straight up in bed like you know, like grasping for air. Well, for me, I definitely night you're you are more open to communicating with your higher self and and it it can startle you at the beginning this is perhaps your higher self kind of giving you a little nudge here like there's more there's more you're bigger than this and so when you wake up your ego kind of takes over and it, it's probably that like just your okay. typical ego protecting yourself a little bit like oh wait no 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 but but <laughs> Okay. No, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, start listening. <laughs> you know, push okay. through that little bit of fear that's there because um, I think you're getting really nice nudges. Okay. Okay. Thanks, um, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you for that clarity. Now, yeah. okay, and I knew it no was problem. something, but I, but I need a little help with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll call I, around. I, uh, what? I, I will. Hopefully we'll see you around. Yeah, I, you will. You will. Okay, Take great. care now. You okay. too. You both. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, well, what a coincidence, Rachel, that she tuned in just as you told your car story. I know. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give you an example of how that could happen Um and you ha you have not quite drilled through all the cloud cover yet. So just like in that instance where, you know, it turns out they had made a mistake. Um, when I first started doing this, a lot of things would happen, like almost but not quite. Like 
I would check my bank balance and I would have an extra $5,000 in there, but then in an hour it would be gone. But I just happened to check it, right, when there was extra money in there. Um, And the fact that it was gone an hour later told me that I could manifest it. It's just there was that one little last thing that I had to clear in order to keep it. Another time it happened with my email list. So when you're in business, a lot of people tell you your email list, like the number of people on it is really important. And so everyone tries to build their list, including me. And it's how I keep in touch with the people um, who like my work. But one time I logged in and there was like an extra, you know, 2,000 people. And at the time I only had like 300 people on my list. So it was a huge number. And I was so excited. I was so excited. And I was thinking, is this real? I mean, did that really happen? What the heck? And then a couple hours later, it was gone. So your higher self will start teasing you and showing you where you're still clouded, where you're still blocked. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you read this book, um, if if you're not like me and you don't put it down <laughs> partway through because Scheinfeld freaks you out a little bit when he tells you that it's a hologram and you're creating everybody in it. If that doesn't freak you out too much, then you start working through this more and, and that self-awareness starts to really happen. You start to take responsibility like, gee, I've created everything, the good, the bad, the debt, the wealth, all of it. Um, and you start challenging yourself on those times when uh, you have something in front of you, an experience, a situation that you don't want. Sometimes you get a little bit of a gush of lots of funny things start coming up, um, and it gives you opportunity to use that process to start dissolving those clouds. So don't get alarmed if if your days get a little weird at first, because your higher self is kind of up there clapping for you a little bit, like, hey, hey, he or she is is more aware. Let's let's start having some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. That was my experience anyway. Yeah. So, and you know, just ask yourself to get to really start to live in this expanded way and to live like you know you're creating everything. Ask yourself what would you do if you were in a dream? You know, like if say you have a lot of bills coming up and you feel like you have a lot of debt. Well, in reality, it's not real. The debt's not real. Money's not real. Clients aren't real. And so how would you feel? How would you react if you were in a dream? You'd be pretty neutral about it, right? You'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll The money will be there or it won't or whatever happens, you know, you can kind of laugh about it um, because nothing is real. You're creating all the characters, all the balance statements, everything. Um, and you can really then experience or have a glimpse of what neutrality would feel like if you kind of put yourself in that dream state. Because that'll help you rise above the things you think are bad, right? Or even the things you think are good and you're attached to. Schreinfeld talks about these things called hypnotic goals, where as we're brought up in this society, we're taught more money is better, you know, just like Angela Artemis was talking about last week, about how her father raised her to think, you know, being a CEO is great and being high up on the corporate chain is where you want to be and you want to have a huge, um, 
you know, a huge bank account and, and lots of prestige and all that stuff. Well, those are hypnotic goals because they're not really real. That's not really what we want, you know. It's the feeling that Megan was talking about. That's what we want. We want the feeling of being rich, the feeling of being generous and fulfilled and happy. It doesn't have any correlation to what's on the outside, really. Yeah, well... um and like Scheinfeld says, like if you if you want to be the CEO and play that game, that's fine. If it's coming from the heart and that's a game that you want to play, um, but I think what we talked about with Angela last week and in general is is all of us becoming a lot more aware of what it is we really want in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And it might not be tons and tons of money, or it might not be this you know five bedroom McMansion with five acres that you have to mow and there's all this maintenance and gutters to clean and all that, you know, you did all that because you were in that phase one game and that's what everybody around you was doing and you're trying to fit in. Um, But what is it when you get down into, you know, your true heart? Like, what is it I really, really want? Do I want more time to write or travel? Do I want more time with my kids? Uh, Not necessarily running around with them in a frenzy, just because everybody else is, right? Like, so it's kind of about finding your own drum, your own beat. <laughs> yeah, because if your you really beat. are infinite and you could have a billion dollars any second that you wanted to, you would only be doing the things you really want to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Scheinfeld used to be, you know, have multi-millions of dollars and was living the big lifestyle and he says now that, you know, he doesn't do that anymore. It doesn't take millions of dollars to give him the life that he really loves. If he wanted that, he could. But that's just not what's making him happy at the moment. Because you think about it, you know, the McMansions come with housekeepers and maybe a chef and lots of other people around your your world, you know, cutting your lawn every day and, like, doing all those things for you and more you know, bigger spaces, it feels less cozy maybe. So everything has a trade-off, and that's maybe not what you want. So he has something a little more modest these days, but being infinite means you can create anything, so why not create what you actually love? Yeah, what what really makes your heart sing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many other books and stuff talk about your beliefs, and your beliefs are what hold you back, if you're not aware of them. But I, I loved how um, Scheinfeld talks about how judgment, in the end, judgment is like the glue that sticks your beliefs into your hologram and truly creates everything. Because when we when we judge things as good or bad or not enough, like I'll be happy when I have this much in the bank because you're judging that as a good um, that it's those judgments, like you know, why why are why are we defining what's good, what's bad, instead of just experiencing and staying more true to ourselves? What do you think about judgment, Rachel? Yeah, I mean exactly what you said. Um, if you can pull up, like Megan likes to say, and just take a look from a higher perspective, there is no good or bad humans are the ones that create that 
we're the ones that assign meaning to things. Everything, life, and all its circumstances has no meaning unless we give it meaning. And we take that for granted because so many things are considered just across the board wrong, like murder and rape and incest. And I mean, I could go on and on. And on the earthly level, we're all playing together that it's bad. And I get that. I mean, I don't want any of those things to happen to people. Um, And I'm certainly, you know, I support causes and everything and give money to charities to help prevent stuff like that. But that's just the game we're playing. The real truth of it is that no harm is ever done to anybody because we're all choosing what we want to happen to us, even if it's so-called bad, right? We're getting that experience because we know that nothing could possibly happen to us because we are everything. We're infinite beings always connected to source and every other being out there. And we're all made of love. And so we're just in a movie. Um, One great example he gives for all of this is that, you know, say there's a really terrifying movie on the screen and you're in the theater. Um, Well, you're watching it. You're squirming in your seat. You're like about to throw up. It's so disgusting. And the people who made the movie, like all the actors, the screenwriter, the makeup effects people, they're all standing in the back of the theater, like cheering, can't, you know, hold back their smiles because you are squirming because they did their job right, right? The people in the movie, they could be tearing each other's limbs off and we think it's, you know, disgusting and awful, Um, but nothing is happening. It's all fake. Nobody's really getting hurt. Right, And the people who are in charge of making it look bad are excited that we were duped. Like, we're in on it. We think it's real. Like, we're so grossed out, but they know it's fake. You know, this whole thing that we've got going on here is fake. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's dying. We're just playing a role. And we're immersed in it, and so we're feeling it. When you're immersed in a movie... Even though logically you know it's fake, you still feel things. You feel terror. You feel love. You feel excitement. That's exactly what's happening to us. We're immersed in our movie. We're feeling it. We feel pain, love, heartache, excitement. Um, But it's still fake. And our higher selves, our abundant beings, we're just, we're ecstatic up there because we're gaining all this amazing experience. Wow. Wow. Well, whew. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> Yay. Well, that's one way to look at things. <laughs> so. Well, I hope that um, people are enjoying the book. I hope that um, they continue to read, and we should set probably a date here coming up. Probably announce a date soon for talking about the second half of the book and really about the process. And we'd love to hear from people on some of the scenarios that come up for them and when they applied the process and what interesting things are happening that, that give you a chance to reclaim some of that power and, and dissolve some of those clouds. Yeah. So we have the book club every second Tuesday of the month. Um, so that would be November 11th 
for the second half. Super. Okay. Good. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. since it's just us today, I know we kind of left out a big piece, and and it's what makes a lot of people put the book down, which is how he talks about other people. Yeah. Do you want to go over that? So, <laughs> well, you know, what he's saying is that you're living in this hologram, you're creating this hologram, and you're even creating the characters in it, which are your friends and family. And that can be a little uh, tough to absorb that kind of idea because what he's saying is when you're having a conversation with somebody else, he says you basically are providing a script to that person in your own way, your higher self is, and they're saying what you need to hear in order for you to experience whatever feelings are going to come from those words that the other person is speaking. And I know I had a little bit of a hard time with that, but you and I talked about that. And, and um, you know, another way to really look at it is is how whenever somebody is speaking to you and sharing information, you take it however you're ready to take it at any given moment. And, and if somebody is saying something and it's offending you, where honestly, from their perspective, they're trying to help you and they're sharing from a point of love, you're taking it a different way. You each are having two different experiences of the same conversation. Yeah. And so I think that's what he's getting at when he talks about, you know, other people and that they're kind of characters. I mean, they do exist. Your family and friends do exist and they are speaking to you. But your interpretation of what they're saying is your own experience. And 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 they're having a separate experience from you, even though you're having a mutual created experience. Yeah. So How's that for complicated. <laughs> I know. No, I think that really helps. It's not that, it, like Megan was saying, it's not that nobody else exists. It's that you is that if they're existing in your world, you're telling them what to do and say. And. That may seem improbable, but there's lots of evidence in your life. Like what I love about his theories is that you can inquire about your own life and find examples of it. So everybody has had a situation where um, you had a conversation with someone and then minutes later, a week later, or months later, they claim fervently that you said something different, right? You've all had someone come back to us and say, no, but you said this. And we know, like from the bottom of our hearts, we know that we said what we think we said, which was different than what they thought we said, right? Everybody's had that experience where someone comes back to us and says, no, you said this when we know we didn't. And that's just going to show you that they heard something different, that they, honest to God, heard something different. It's not that they're lying. It's not that you have a bad memory. It's that we all interpret things differently. And we have said that to other people. We've heard people say things that they say they didn't say. We're both right. I said this, and they said that, and it's all right. Just yesterday, um, I was telling Megan this earlier, uh, somebody taped a menu onto my door, onto my house door, and I looked at it, and all day I thought it said Mr. Coons, 
Like there was an N there. I can still see the N in my memory. It's in the same font as the rest of it. Mr. Coons. Eric gets home and he's like, oh, that's so funny. Mr. Cooks. I was like, what? It says Mr. Coons. And he saw Mr. Cooks. I mean, I could go on and on and on. We all see and hear what we want to hear, see and hear. And it's it, with facial, you know, gives like you'll interpret somebody's mood differently than they're really feeling because of how they're standing or what the look on their face is. It's infinite. And it's just an illustration of this point that we give everybody scripts. We give them all scripts of what to do and what to say, how to treat us, because we're the ones perceiving it. Nothing happens without perception. We have no world without perception. So if we have if we're the filter, then we're the ones that determine what people say and do. Yeah, that's so true. And so this book is just all about kind of improving that filter, don't you think? Um by dissolving more of those clouds, letting more of that sun shine through, letting more of your your natural infinite abundant state shine through, all of your experiences will improve or as you judge it, <laughs> you'll you'll experience more of that freedom and abundance and and wealth. So Yeah. Well I think we covered a lot today, Rachel. Yeah. I think so. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to I'm excited to read the next um I don't know how many chapters there are, but the the second half of the book. So everybody come back November 11th. Is it 11th? Is that what I said? It is. Yes. Isn't that funny? It's like That's Veterans Day. It is Veterans Day. Um so come back, read the second half, we'll discuss it and it'll be epic because you'll get to learn how to do the process, how to bust through your own clouds. Um, how to know yourself as infinite, it's just unbelievable. The second half of the book is really where it gets juicy and you get to learn and experience your whole world being very interesting. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Okay. Well, just to remind people that Soulfulpreneur um, is part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. And we, we uh, Rachel and I have a website for the radio show. If you go to so full with two L's on the full, preneur.com, uh, you can sign up for our newsletter list so we can alert you when we have special guests coming up. And um, there is an archive of all of our past shows up there. So there's tons of different people that we've interviewed and lots of different topics. So soulfulpreneur.com. And we are part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network, and you can find that on Facebook if you Google that. And starting, to, or not starting, but on Tuesdays at 9 p.m., um, so tonight, we have a show called Earth Sky People, hosted by Victoria Vives Wong. And um, it is your bridge between heaven and earth. And Victoria will talk about living in oneness with one another, Mother Earth, and life beyond. And Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have the Enlightenment Evolution Hour with Rob Gothier. He often channels Treb, an awesome being who knows lots of great stuff and will answer your questions. And you can find out more about him at trebchanneling.com. 
And then Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have Philip Malika's Consciousness Evolution Hour, and he talks about a wide range of topics from the perspective of the fifth dimension. Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have the Earth Experience with Kalina Angel, which explores our soul's expansion through our human experiences on Earth. And then this Saturday at 9 p.m., we have a brand new show starting called Disclosure Now, and that's hosted by the Pied Piper and co-host Texas Rebel. On Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, we have the Resonance Intention hosted by Soul and Neil Gar, and that is starting on November 2nd, so a couple yep. weeks for that. And then Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, we have uh, About Oneness with Karen Newman, and she focuses on celebrating the ongoing conscious awakening of our planet, our realization of oneness, and unconditional love. And Mondays at 9.30 Eastern, we have Heart to Heart Talk Radio with Daniel Scranton. Join Daniel and his featured guests as they discuss topics such as the shift, ETs, global events, channeling, and lots more. Call into his show because he's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> terrific, terrific. So, yes, and just to remind everyone, any uh, opinions, thoughts expressed on Soulfulpreneur Radio by us or any of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Oh, and Megan and I have a special treat for you. Um, she was interviewed for this telesummit called From Calling to Career that I did last year, and we're doing an update this year, and Daniel Scranton is also featured on that. If you go to fromcallingtocareer.com, you'll get to check it all out. And, yeah, that will be something really fun to do. You'll get to learn a lot more about um, Daniel and Megan. That's right. That's fun stuff. So. Well, thanks, Rachel. Thanks for bringing this book to my attention this past year. It's certainly been really fun and eye-opening, and I'm kind of enjoying the rewards of of um, reading it, of focusing on the process, and it it's just provided a nice shift in my life. So I'm so happy we were able to share this with our listeners. Yeah, me too. Thanks for being game. Thanks for reading it when I was throwing it in your face because I know <laughs> that's never a good way to share a book. <laughs> Telling people they have to read it normally makes them not want to read it. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. we'll continue the conversation on this book um, on November 11th, and we will be back next week with another Soulful Printer radio show. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We love you, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.